What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Larry. So happy Halloween, everyone out there, October 31st. It's a great time of year, which in my next episode, I'm going to talk about Halloween, talk about some Halloween candy that I'm a fan of, talk about some Halloween movies, probably, uh, like I planned on doing. But before doing that, I have to record an episode about James Harden. Huge news just came out of the NBA last night, or early this morning, I should say. James Harden is officially a Los Angeles Clipper, which... I truly can't believe is actually the case, considering all summer long I wanted Harden on the Clippers, because I felt it could make their team more dynamic on offense, which the team already has a lot of talent. I think they were capable of winning the NBA Finals even without Harden. But when you add a guy like James Harden to this offense that has Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that offense becomes even more dynamic. And I think this trade just proves that the Clippers are in a win-now-or-never window, which that's how I felt before the trade. And that's why I wanted James Harden this summer, because I felt like this is the year for the Clippers to go out and win it and get the franchise's first ring in their history. This is the year for the Clippers to do so. And I saw this year as a win-now-and-never season, before the trade and now after the trade. And I couldn't be any happier. I really couldn't be. And I'm going to get into the details of the trade and tell you what I'm happy about and what I might not be as happy about. But overall, with the deal, I'm happy to see James Harden on the Clippers. I was asleep when the trade went down at 2 a.m. I woke up around 3 a.m. and saw the news, and I couldn't believe it was real. I couldn't believe it was real. I was still in shock then, and I'm still in shock now. I still can't believe James Harden's on the Clippers. And you can say, at the end of the day, he might not be the best guy to have in that offense considering there's only one ball in a game, and there's four guys that typically like the ball in the hands, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. But Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can play off the ball, and Russell Westbrook is fine now being the fourth option. Because there's less pressure on him now to go out there and try to drive down the lane and score points. And now we can just play make. And obviously now, with those three guys on the team, Russell Westbrook isn't going to have as great of a defender on him. Because the defense is going to have to account for Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. So it's going to be a tough offense to cover. It really is going to be. And I'm just happy to see James Harden on the Clippers. This is what I wanted all summer long. And here we are. He's officially Los Angeles Clipper. So in the trade, the Clippers sent Robert Covington, KJ Martin, Nick Batum, and Marcus Morris to Philly alongside a 2024 second-round pick, a 2029 second-round pick, a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, and then also a 2029 pick swap. And then there's also going to be another first-round pick going from Oklahoma City to the Philadelphia 76s. And with this trade, which it was a three-team trade, Oklahoma City is the third team involved, Philadelphia will get the least favorable of the Clippers, Oklahoma City, and Houston's first-round picks in the year 2026. They'll get the least favorable... Of the Clippers, Thunder, and Rockets first-round picks if the picks are between 5-30 through 30 in the first round of 2026. On the other side, the Clippers are getting James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philip Petrosev. And if you look at this deal as a whole, the Clippers are getting another superstar to add to their team. Which I thought the Clippers were already capable of winning the NBA Finals even before this trade went down. I had the Clippers over the Celtics in the NBA Finals in my predictions. And I'm still going to roll with that. I still think that's going to be the case. I love this Clippers team, even before James Harden. When you add a guy like James Harden, it's going to become even harder to stop this team. With that being said, though, the Clippers have had no luck in the playoffs with injuries. And then obviously, if you look at their careers, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, none of them have NBA Finals to their names. Russell Westbrook and James Harden both went to the Finals with Oklahoma City early in their career. But none of those three guys I mentioned have rings. And now this is the third time that Russell Westbrook and James Harden will be teammates from Oklahoma City to Houston and now in Los Angeles. So I'm excited to see what they look like. And I was hoping the Clippers would keep Robert Covington. I thought it would have been cool to have James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, and Russell Westbrook. They just completely run back 
the 2019-2020 Houston Rockets team that had James Harden, that had Robert Covington, also had Russell Westbrook, and also had P.J. Tucker. So in the deal, the clip is ascending all expiring contracts to Philly, Covington, Martin, Batum, and Morris. And then the sixes are sending James Harden, who has one year left on his deal. P.J. Tucker, who has one year left on his current deal, if he were to choose to opt out. He can opt out after the season ends in that second year of his deal that's remaining. He can completely be a free agent this coming summer. So all in all, it's a lot of expiring contracts going from one place to the other. And also, the Clips are sending some draft picks as well. A 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, a 2024 and 2029, a 2029 pick swap, and then the Sixes are also getting another first-round pick, and that's from Oklahoma City. And the Thunder now have the rights to swap with the Clippers or Denver with their draft pick in 2026. The Clippers will have the least favorable pick between Denver and Oklahoma City in 2026. And that's if my knowledge is right here, which I was reading a lot about this, so I could be wrong. But I believe the Thunder will now have the rights to swap with the Clippers or the Denver Nuggets in 2026. And who knows where the Clippers are going to be at in 2026. Oklahoma City has so many draft picks that they can take shots with their least favorable picks and try to maximize chances to get higher lottery picks in the future. And that's what they're doing here. They're hoping to get a higher lottery pick and be able to trade picks with the Clippers in 2026, which they already have a ton of draft picks from the Clippers. They already do. If you look at it with that Paul George trade, they already have a ton of draft picks from the Clippers, and they're rebuilding around that. They also traded away Chris Paul. They traded away Russell Westbrook. They've found a way to trade a lot of their players over the last few years, and they've been rebuilding. And that's why you see them having so many draft picks over the next couple of years. As for James Harden, he has one year left on his deal. He is non-extension eligible, so you can't sign him to a new deal right now. So you have to wait till the summer. And there was one part of the deal, a clause that was a $5 million trade bonus that James Harden was supposed to get, that he declined. And I'm going to explain why he declined. He had to decline it in order to make this trade work. If he picked up that $5 million trade bonus, the money wouldn't have worked in this deal. The math wouldn't have worked out on either side, and this trade wouldn't have gone through. So James Harden had a $5 million trade bonus, but he waived it in order to make this trade work, which just proves how much he wanted to be in LA and how much he wanted out of Philadelphia, which everybody already knew now for the last three or four months. And the deal only worked out by just $40,000. $40,000. If you add up the salaries of Harden and P.J. Tucker, that's going to give you similar money to what Covington, Martin, Batum, and Morris are worth. Harden's getting $35.6 million this year. And then when you add in P.J. Tucker's contract, those two contracts together add up to about 110% of what Robert Covington, K.J. Martin, Nick Batum, and Marcus Morris' contracts add up to. And keep in mind, Petrosev, who's also in this deal going from Philly to the Clippers, he's on a veteran minimum contract, and the money, part of his deal, isn't involved in this trade. So it's really just Harden and P.J. Tucker's money that's being involved here. And it's likely that Philadelphia would use this trade as a trade exception for the P.J. Tucker contract. So they're getting a good amount in return back, which I don't really mind Philadelphia's return here. I don't. I think they actually did pretty well for themselves, considering they got four expiring contracts, a few draft picks that they can use, and they can go out and try to use these assets from the draft picks to the players they got in order to go out and try to add another star, whether it be Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Pascal Siakam, just to name a few. I think they're going to go out and use these draft picks and some of these expiring contracts to go and add to this current team. It might not be right now. It might be at the trade deadline. But I expect Philadelphia to go out and add another player to this team, another star to use next to Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. So you might be wondering, how do these two teams get back into talking about this trade? According to reports over the weekend, the two franchises began negotiating again since Harden's relationship was completely spoiled and unfixable with the Sixes, and they figured it was best to move on. 
The Sixers couldn't get him back in the lineup, I'd imagine. It probably would have been awkward. It was obviously a distraction for the team. So they decided to move on and just take the offer that the Clippers were giving them. And they felt like that was the best that they were going to get at this point of the season, which is beginning of the year. But this is the best offer they would probably get from the Clippers from this point on. And in my opinion, the Clippers played this entire process brilliantly. Going back and forth the entire summer, trying to find the right offer. And at the end of the day, they don't have to give up Bones Highland, Terrence Mann, or even Norman Powell. Which I'll give my thoughts to Norman Powell in just a minute. But the Clippers didn't have to give up Highland, Mann, or Powell in this deal. And those are three pieces where you're looking over the summer at a potential trade package, and you're saying, okay, Philly's going to want at least two of those. They're going to want Powell for sure and probably Terrence Mann. And the Clippers ended up not even having to give up one of those three guys. And I wish the Clippers could have won with Nick Batum and Robert Covington. They were obviously two key pieces for the team, especially in the locker room over the last few years. But these two guys needed to be involved in this trade in order to make the salaries meet. In order to make the salaries and money match in this deal, they needed to be traded. And that's because the Clippers don't want to give up Norman Powell in this deal. And it's honestly sad seeing Covington and Batum gone. I'm going to be rooting for those two guys to do well in Philadelphia. As for James Harden, this is his fourth team in five years. He forced his way out of Houston, then out of Brooklyn, and now out of Philadelphia. And if you look at his teammates over his career, he's played with a lot of greats. Kevin Durant, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, and now Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And I'd even add in Tyrese Maxey as well. He's a very good player, and he's the future of that Sixers franchise alongside Joel Embiid. And according to reports from Ramona Shelburne, Harden is ecstatic about this trade, and he plans to be in attendance for tonight's game against Orlando. And this is going to be a tough game for the Clippers, considering they're going to be very short-staffed in this one. Not many guys are going to be available. They already had some injuries heading into this game, and they just traded away four pieces, one of them being a start on three pieces off their bench. And in this deal, the Clippers found a way to keep Bones Highland, Norman Powell, and Terrence Mann. They do end up losing KJ Martin, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, and Robert Covington, but they did find a way to keep Highland, Mann, and Powell. But with that trade going through, now the Clippers lack depth at the four. They lack depth at power forward, considering they traded all four power forwards on their roster to Philly in this deal. There's no more KJ Martin, Batum, Morris, and Covington. All four guys playing the four for the Clippers at some point when they're on the floor. And now this has to probably mean that Kobe Brown, a rookie for the Clippers, is going to get more playing time. I'd imagine he's going to get more playing time now at the four, considering the Clippers just completely wiped away their depth at the power forward position. And if you look at the deal, K.J. Mott didn't really do too much in the preseason games. I didn't really see too much in the two regular season games from him. Obviously, last year in Houston, he looked pretty good. Had good numbers coming from Houston and then now jumping over to the Clippers for a couple second-round picks. But I didn't really think it was the worst thing moving on from him in this deal. It seems like his role wasn't going to be significant on this team. And if you can move him rather than moving Terrence Mann or Bones Highland, I'm fine with that at the end of the day. As for Marcus Morris, he was a DNP for all three games so far this season. All three of them being a coach's decision for the reason he did not play in the games. He was likely at some point going to be gone no matter what. If it was a trade or a cut, I'd imagine Marcus Morris was going to be either released or traded at some point. So it makes sense he's part of this deal. And obviously the money, it makes sense trading him since the money does work out sending his contract over to Philly. So now that's the end of the tenure for Marcus Morris in L.A. In the last year or so, has been tough on Mook in L.A. But I think with that last year, it overshadows what he meant to this team when they needed him most. In the 2020-2021 season, Kawhi Leonard went down, and the Clippers needed somebody to step up. And it was Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris 
that stepped up alongside Paul George and brought the Clippers to their first Western Conference Finals run in their entire franchise history. And he was a big reason for that. He had a lot of big shots and came up big for the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard out. So I wish Marcus Morris nothing but the best. When he was out there and when he was locked in, he was giving it his all. And I know Paul George was a big fan of him. He said he was a great teammate on his podcast. Nico Batum, another guy that meant a lot for this Clippers team over the last few years. In his final NBA season, he came back to the Clippers and was hoping to win an NBA Finals here and retire Clipper. And now that ends up not being the case. And it's sad to see him leave. He came back last summer, in the summer of 2022, for less money to try to win in LA with the Clippers. And it really showed how much of a leader he was and how much he loved playing for the Clippers. He was fine accepting the role that he was given from being a starter or being from a bench piece and taking less money in order to be on the Clippers. And he did so many things on a nightly basis that didn't show up on the box score. From setting screens, to deflecting passes, to helping out in double teams. He did a lot of good things that didn't show up in the box score. And if you look at that run that the Clippers had in 2021 to the Western Conference Finals, he was a big reason for that as well. Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, all of those guys stepped up. And they were all a big reason I became a fan of the Clippers and they are a big reason I'm the fan I am today. Which I was always rooting for the Clippers because I like Paul George. So when he went over to the Clippers in 2019, I was rooting for them to do well. But I became a lot bigger a fan in that 2021 Western Conference Finals run because I watched night in and night out that Clippers team give it their all and they were just absolute dogs, diving on every loose ball, never giving up, never letting a two-on-one happen. They were getting back on defense, playing a play out, and never giving up when they were down in the game. That Clippers team was very fun to watch, and they're a big reason I'm the fan I am today. My love and fandom for the Clippers and the passion I have for this franchise is as great as it is today because of guys like Nick Batum, Robert Covington, Paul George, Terrence Mann. So credit to them for that Western Conference Finals run. And I want to thank Nico Batum and Marcus Mars for everything they did while they were here at the Clippers. Batum is a great locker room guy and really embraced his role. He really did. I'm wishing him and the rest of the guys in this trade nothing but the best in Philadelphia. As for Robert Covington, it's tough to see him go. I'm a big fan of Robert Covington. I've liked him his whole career, so seeing him on the Clippers and considering the Clippers got Covington and Norman Powell for not really much in that trade with Portland a couple years ago, I was psyched to see him in a Clippers uniform. And he was finally finding a role on this team as the starting power forward this year. And now it's already gone. So it's sad to see him and Batum gone and no longer with the Clippers. And Covington is really a great defender for this team. He's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Very good 3 and D guy. Could shoot the 3 and also play very good defense. And he's another leader who really embraced his role. Even though his role last year was minimal and he wasn't really part of the rotation, he stayed positive on the bench, kept his mentality up, came back this offseason and was ready to work and earned the starting job. And that's with Terrence Mann being down. But at the end of the day, I think Robert Covington should have been starting anyways over Terrence Mann. The Clippers needed somebody at the four, and Robert Covington made more sense at the four than it would have made adding Terrence Mann at the two and throwing Kawhi Leonard at the four. But now that's probably going to be a similar lineup to where the Clippers are running now. Kawhi Leonard at the four, and now James Harden at the two. But Covington last year really embraced his role, never complained about not getting any minutes. And I was finally happy to see him playing alongside Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Zoo. It was great to see that lineup. And even though it was very short-lived, only three games, I was confident in that team that they could win the NBA Finals. It was only three games, but even without James Harden, I knew and thought this Clippers team would be capable of contending for an NBA Finals. And much of that was banking on these guys staying healthy. 
if the Clippers stay healthy with or without James Harden, this team is capable of winning the NBA Finals before the trade and now after the trade. But now adding James Harden takes some of the stress off Paul George and Kawhi Leonard if they were to miss a night or if they get hurt at some point in the season. And then also it takes some stress off of Russell Westbrook. He's now the fourth option on the offense. And now it's probably going to be a little bit easier for him to have less stress on him to shoot the ball or drive. And he's probably going to have a lesser defender against him now considering defenses are going to have to account for Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden first. So Russell Westbrook definitely will have less pressure on him to go out there and score. And one interesting thing between this Clippers big four is that all of them are from Southern California. All four of them are from SoCal. Kawhi Leonard's from Moreno Valley. Paul George is from Palmdale, California. Westbrook's from Hawthorne, California. And the James Harden is from Lakewood, California. And then the Clippers also have another California guy in Norman Powell who's from San Diego. I'm really excited to see that Clippers big four in action though. I really am. Four guys, all from Southern California, three of them have never won an NBA Finals, and all four of them are hungry to win the first ring in the Clippers franchise history. And I'd be thrilled to see it. I really would be. And my immediate reaction to this trade was this, and it's a meme. It's a song by Meek Mill called Dreams and Nightmares, and there's a meme online of Michael Jordan holding the NBA Finals trophy, and he's crying while holding it. And the line is, I used to pray for times like this. That was my immediate reaction to this trade. I used to pray for times like this. I was hoping all summer long that James Harden could be alongside Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. And James Harden, like he has in the past, getting out of Houston, getting out of Brooklyn, now getting out of Philly, he got his way. He wanted to be on the Clippers, and now he gets his way. And over the summer, there were reports that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were both on the same page and were interested in bringing in James Harden. They all met, all three of them met at one point, and they were all on the same page. So it seems like all of them are excited to make this happen. And why wouldn't you be? You had four stars. I should say four superstars. I know people don't consider Russell Westbrook a superstar anymore, but I still consider him a top 35 or 40 player in the NBA. You had four of the top players in the NBA in the same lineup. That's going to be a tough lineup to stop on offense. And you have two of the best two-way players in the NBA in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Russell Westbrook was an underrated defender when he is on. And then James Harden, who's not really a great defender, but I think he could be a better defender around these guys because he's not going to have to cover the second or even third best option considering Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard are going to be probably taking care of those three guys. Before the trade, I thought this Clippers team looked good in the first three games of the season. They had a tough loss to the Utah Jazz. They trailed early in that one. They found a way to come back, even get the lead late in the game. They ended up losing. The Jazz just kept finding ways to counter and hit big shots. At the end of the day, credit to them. They found a way to hit some big shots in some tough situations. It was obviously not the best game for the Clippers, but I was proud of their fight in that one. They gave it their all and they were right there. They had a chance even at the end to win the game on the last shot of the game. And that ends up not being the case. But I thought the Clippers looked good in the first three games of the season. Especially the other night on Sunday against the San Antonio Spurs. They completely ran the Spurs out of the gym. And were just locked in. From the starters to the bench, everybody was playing hard. And everybody was producing on offense and defense. But I think a big reason for them looking so good in the first three games of the season is that the Clippers were healthy. The sky's the limit for this team before and after the James Harden trade if they stay healthy. If these guys can find a way to stay healthy, which it's not a thing they choose. They don't choose to get hurt, obviously. It's just been bad luck. But if the Clippers can find a way to stay healthy, this team's going to be very dangerous. And it's obviously a big difference to make having now four guys that can beat you on offense. Russell Westbrook can drive down the lane. James Harden can create his own shot. And the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard don't really have too many faults on offense. They don't really have too many weaknesses on offense. They can drive. They can shoot. They can rebound. They can take mid-range shots. They can take step-backs. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are two of the most talented players in the NBA. And now they have a chance to play alongside one of the best playmakers in the NBA in James Harden. And one interesting thing that I saw 
was from Joe Atlanta Sports Illustrated. He tweeted this yesterday. Amongst all trios in the NBA, with as many minutes together as these three guys, as the trio of Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, they ranked first among trios in offensive rating at 129.4, which is first in the NBA. They were first in defensive rating at 95.1, and they were first in net rating at plus 34.2, which is very impressive. This Clippers team is dangerous even before the James Harden trade. But now it just proves even more it is win-now mode or win-never for this Clippers team. They are all in on this season in the next 79 games. They are all in for this year's run, and I am too. I'm completely on board with this team. I truly believe the Clippers have the best roster in the NBA. I'd say they have the best roster overall, from depth to now stars. And then I'd say second is probably the Celtics, which they're pretty close to. But I think the Clippers' depth is better than the Celtics' depth. But the Clippers and Celtics both have stacked rosters, and those are the two teams I picked to be in the NBA Finals before the season began. And now I'm even more confident in my pick of the Clippers over the Celtics in the NBA Finals. So what does this deal mean for the Clippers, you might ask? I think it shows that Lawrence Frank knows it's now or never for this Clippers team. The front office knew they had to go all-in and try to win this season with 2-13. Two being Kawhi Leonard and 13 being Paul George. They knew this was it, the last guaranteed year, with both of these guys under contract. The front office sensed the urgency, and they felt like it was the best idea to go out and add even more talent to this team. And I think the Clippers can very well use another superstar talent next to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. In order to stay afloat, if there's a night where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard has an off night on offense, or they're both out, let's say, for a game with an injury or taking some rest, the Clippers will have another star that could take over some nights when either one of those two players and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are having off games, or if they're both out. James Harden could take some of the pressure off of those guys, whether they're playing or they're not. And the Clippers have had no luck with health, and if things were to turn around and things were to go their way and they have some luck and they stay healthy, watch out for them in the playoffs. And one interesting thing with this trade is now James Harden will be the starter. Terrence Mann, who was supposed to be the starter at the two position, was out for the first three games of the season with an ankle injury, and he's still out even in tonight's game against Orlando. And now he's going to return to the bench when he does return because James Harden is going to start. And now this also brings into question whether or not Bones Highland and his minutes are going to be lessened. And I don't think that should be the case. He's been terrific so far in the year and has really etched himself a role in this lineup. Even with James Harden being here, and the Clippers being more God-heavy than now forward-heavy, which they had more wings and more depth in the power forward position before this trade. Now that's not the case. The Clippers don't have as much depth or size now considering they just traded four power forwards. And now they have a lot of guards. But that doesn't mean I would lessen Bones Highland's minutes. He's been terrific on the year and has been playing very well and very efficiently through an ankle injury. He's been great off the bench. So now this is what the Clippers lineup is going to look like. Russell Westbrook at point guard. James Harden at shooting guard. These two guys have been together in Oklahoma City and Houston, so they know where each guy likes to shoot the ball from, and they obviously know a lot of each other's tendencies, and they obviously have a lot of chemistry together. So it's great to see them as the backcourt. Then at small forward, we have Paul George, power forward Kawhi Leonard, and at center, we have Avica Zubats. And if you look at these five guys, they have 32 combined all-star games between them, which Zoo has never made an all-star game. But the other four guys, the big four, have 32 combined all-star games between them. James Harden, a 10-time All-Star, a three-time scoring title champion in the NBA, and also was the assist leader in the NBA last season. This was a great trade for the Clippers in my eyes. And now this is what the Clippers bench looks like. At point guard, you have Bones Highland, shooting guard Terrence Mann, small forward Norman Powell, 
Power forward, P.J. Tucker, and then at center, you have Mason Plumley, And then the extra guys off the bench, you have Amir Coffey, Kobe Brown, and Brandon Boston Jr., who is injured right now. But I'd imagine Kobe Brown's going to get more minutes with this trade. The Clippers now have a smaller lineup than they did before. You traded away a lot of those big wings, and now you have less depth at the power forward position. And the Clippers did add Philip Petrosev, who is a center, and I'm not sure if they're going to flip him for a pick or maybe even release him. I'm not really sure what's going to happen there. So I kept him out of the rotation here in this depth chart that I mentioned, but we'll see what the case may be there. Maybe they flip him for a second round pick or something. I'm not really too sure what his value would be. As to James Harden, people are going to question, how is he going to fit in this lineup? And I know what a lot of people are going to say. There's only one ball on the court. How can you make it work with four guys like Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden? And my answer is this. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can play off the ball. And James Harden, he's a tremendous playmaker. Nobody can doubt his talent and what he brings on the court on offense night in and night out. He can create his own shot, has great court vision to help guys get open, and he led the NBA last season in assists per game with 10.7 per game. Also averaged 21 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, and shot 39% from three. He's still a good player. He's not the MVP player he once was, but he's still capable of going off at 30 points any given night. And he's going to have a lot of double-digit assist nights on this team. We'll see what he's going to be asked to do on this team. He's going to be the third option. He knows that coming over to the Clippers. He knows Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are the one and two options every single night. He knows he's the third option, and he's going to embrace that, I'm sure. He wanted to go to the Clippers, which I know in other places, when he wanted out, he wanted to go to certain places, and then he ends up asking out. So a lot of people are wondering if this is going to be a risky trade for the Clippers. But there's only one year left on his deal. He's not extension eligible right now, so the Clippers aren't under contract for him for three or four years. It's not like they have to deal with it for three or four years if things don't work out. If the Clippers find out that this lineup's not going to work with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, and the Clippers are in a tough position at the trade deadline, let's say if guys are hurt and they are out of the mix in the playoffs, they could move any of those guys at the trade deadline. If they think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to opt into the last years of their deal, and they think Russell Westbrook is going to opt out of his player option this coming summer, and they don't think they're going to bring back James Harden, and things aren't going well for this team, if things aren't working out, I'm saying in February, they can completely flip things around, trade these pieces, and get draft picks back in return. We saw Brooklyn do it. Last year at the trade deadline, they were in a tough position. They knew Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and their error in Brooklyn didn't work out. So they ripped the Band-Aid off, traded those guys, and got draft picks and young pieces back in return. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think the Clippers are going to be in a tough position when the trade deadline rolls around. I see this team being a top team in the West, the entire season. But I'm just saying if things were to fail, whether it be an injury or the Clippers just aren't working out, then they could still go down another avenue and trade some of these pieces if they wanted to. That would obviously be a tough decision. I don't want that to be the case. But the Clippers have an easier way out than people are giving them credit for where they currently stand. Yeah, they don't have any draft picks. The draft picks are going to be tough four years to come. The Clippers don't have any high ones. But I think this is the last year, last guaranteed year, I should say, that the Clippers were in a win-now window with Paul George Kawhi landed on their roster. Who knows what this team's going to look like a year from now. They could be without all four of those guys I just mentioned. The big four could be completely gone a year from now. And that's why I get it when people say the Clippers gave up their entire future and if things don't work out, they're going to be upset, which is completely understandable. The Clippers gave up a ton of draft picks to go out and get Paul George, but part of getting Paul George was getting Kawhi Leonard. It was really a package deal, so trading as much as they did to get Paul George was part of the way they got Kawhi Leonard. So it was getting both of those guys, all the draft picks they gave up, and also Shea Gilgis Alexander. And then they also gave a ton of draft picks in this deal as well which the Clippers have proven now time and time again over the last few years. They keep doubling down and going all-in and all-in and all-in. And now I'd say this is the biggest all-in move they've made since getting Paul George acquired Leonard, adding another superstar talent, which is not the superstar he once was, but he does a superstar ability still 
Whether it's playing making, you can still give you 30 on any given night when you need it. But I'd say this is the biggest all-in move for the Clippers since they got Paul George Kawhi Leonard. And I understand it. People are going to be upset about getting James Harden from giving up a lot of draft picks, which I can understand to some degree. But at the same time, I understand it the other way too. And the way I feel about it is this. The Clippers are going all-in. They've never won an NBA Finals in their franchise history. And this is their last guaranteed year with Paul George Kawhi Leonard. They've already given up a ton over the last three or four years to try to make things work with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They've never won an NBA Finals. They've got to one Western Conference Finals run. And they want to get further than that. They don't want to keep losing in the playoffs. They want to go further. And when you add a guy like James Harden, he could potentially get you over the hump. Even though he's never won an NBA Finals, it's going to be really hard to stop this team at offense any given night. And I get it also from the perspective of people worrying about James Harden and obviously how much he just jumps chip and wants to leave. I understand from that perspective as well. People are worrying because this is James Harden's fourth team in five years, and he's really forced his way out of everywhere, and he's gotten his way. But the Clippers only have him for one guaranteed season. He's a free agent after the season's over. And they traded four expiring contracts to get him and a potential expiring contract to P.J. Tucker if he were to opt out after the season's over. So it's really just expiring contracts going back and forth and then also giving up an unprotected first-round pick in 2028, two second-round picks, and a pick swap. But it's really only one season. It's only one season to try to go out there, and it's win now and never for this Clippers team. One guaranteed season. And I really kept the hope all summer long, even when there were reports that the Clippers are no longer interested or they're far off on sides or the Sixers saying they wanted to keep them at one point in August. In early August, they said they wanted to keep and they didn't want to move them. I kept hope that at some point, James Harden would get his way and he'd end up on the Clippers. Since the Clippers wanted him, they were interested and they were really only competing with themselves. And my perspective has never really changed. I think James Harden was a great move for this Clippers team because it's now or never. Win now or win never for this Clippers team, in my opinion. And I understand giving up the draft picks can obviously be a lot, considering they have no first-round picks now for years to come. But the Clippers are dedicated to try to win right now. This is their one guaranteed season with Paul George quite then left. They have Russell Westbrook for another guaranteed year, and now have James Harden. It's right now mode or never for this Clippers team. And things fell apart even more for Harden over the last week, which made it easier for him to be traded, obviously. He didn't practice with the Sixes for the last week or two, and he was planning on traveling with the team for their season-opening road trip. But when he was trying to go, he was sent home by the Sixes. They sent him home and they didn't want anything to do with him. And five days ago, there was a report that the Clippers were stepping back from trade talks and didn't want James Harden anymore because they didn't want to give up first-round picks and they didn't want to give up Terrence Mann. And I think that was a strategy by the Clippers. They strategically said, we'll try to just say we don't want him any longer. Obviously, the Sixes know they really have no other avenue of getting rid of James Harden because if he doesn't play, James Harden's losing $380,000. And then the Sixes are left with a major gap in their roster. Obviously, it's a big distraction having James Harden and the whole saga going on. That's a big distraction for the team. But they're also missing a star. And if they can go out there and trade him and get something back that can help them win right now with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, that's better for them. So the Clippers saw that. They saw the saga completely going downhill more and more by the day. And they said, okay, let's get some leverage back and just say we no longer want him, and we're going to step back from trade talks. And five days later, James Harden is on the Los Angeles Clippers. So credit to Lawrence Frank and the Clippers front office. They found a way to get this done, and at the end of the day, I'm happy with it. And so here's the timeline of the last four months, just about, of James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers. On June 25th, the Clippers were reported as a team that were interested in James Harden if he were to be available. On June 29th, James Harden picked up his player option for this season at just about $36 million, and then asked out of Philadelphia. He requested a trade. 
And then for the next month, in all of July, the Clippers were negotiating with the Philadelphia 76ers, but they never struck a deal. And Harden completely stayed positive throughout the process. He was hopeful that he would end up on the Clippers, and the Clippers did have some interest in getting him. And they were really just competing with themselves, which obviously made this an easier move for the Clippers. They had all the leverage since they were really just competing with themselves. And at the end of the day, Lawrence Frank at the Clippers' front office knew at some point the Sixers would have to drop their act and just take whatever the Clippers offered them. They knew that the Sixers would want to contend this season, and they wanted to get help around Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Having James Harden on the roster and not playing doesn't help this team at all. So the Sixers, at some point, were going to have to give up and just take whatever they could get. Then on August 14th, James Harden was in China, and he said that Daryl Morey's a liar, and he'll never be a part of an organization that Daryl Morey's a part of. And at that point, everybody knew he was going to be gone. Even though, like a week or two before that, the Sixers said that they wanted to keep him. They were excited with him returning to the roster, and Daryl Morey was going to try to fix the relationship and try to bring him back. After James Harden said that Daryl Morey was a liar, right out in the open, he made it even hotter on Daryl Morey. Because the Clippers knew, and other teams around the NBA knew, that at some point, push was going to come to shove, and Daryl Morey was going to just have to get rid of James Harden for whatever he could get back. And James Harden was fine saying that. He was fine with accepting a fine doing that. Then on October 2nd, Harden didn't show up to the Sixers' media day. And then the next day after that, he went to Colorado to join them for training camp. Then on October 25th, he tried to go away with the team for their road trip to begin the season and then was sent home. And on that day, it was reported that the Clippers didn't want him anymore and they weren't interested. And now five days later, a deal struck. So what does this mean for the future of the Clippers? I've said this now probably 25 times this episode. This is a make-or-break, win-now mode all-in season for the Clippers. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have player options for next year, and the same goes to P.J. Tucker and Russell Westbrook. And James Harden will be a free agent after the season ends. They will have his bird rights to try to re-sign him, but he is a free agent after the season's over. If the Clippers decide to keep Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden after the season ends, if those two guys were to either opt back into their contracts or were to get new deals from the Clippers, the Clippers would be in the second tax apron and would be in a tough position. There would be restrictions on how they add players, they wouldn't be able to trade cash or draft picks, and they wouldn't be able to aggregate contracts and trades. They have no mid-level exception. And as I said, they would have a lot harder of a way to add players. They wouldn't be able just to pick up players that are waived anymore, I don't think. And that's per Bobby Mox of ESPN. Mox also noted that if this trade happened next offseason, this wouldn't be allowed. Because the Clippers would already be over the second tax apron, and they wouldn't be able to aggregate contracts that they're sending out in a deal. And the NBA used this in the new CBA in order to try to create a leveled playing field. That's what they want to do, a leveled playing field. But they gave everyone a one-year grace period before all of those rules go into effect next year. So teams are eating right now before the new rules apply next year. And that's what Bobby Mox noted today on YouTube. Milwaukee, Boston, they both did the same thing, getting Drew Holiday and Damian Lewis. And in my opinion, the Clippers were following the same formula. Their window is right now. And if you look at the Sixers, which I'm going to talk about it from their perspective really quick, they now have more draft picks that they can use to try to add to their current roster including three first-round picks they can move, and they also have now six second-round picks they can move as well. And now Tyrese Maxey has an even bigger role on that Sixers offense, which is obviously great to see. I like Tyrese Maxey. He was a former Kentucky Wildcat. I wanted him on the Celtics when he was drafted. Ends up going to the Sixers and is now a young star in the NBA. And he's a piece that they're going to build around Joel Embiid with. But now this brings us to the question, what if Joel Embiid requests a trade at some point? What happens if he's upset with this James Harden situation? Who knows what this pick swap's going to look like in three years? But the way I feel about it is this. 
If the Clippers win the NBA Finals this year, it's all worth it in my opinion. They've never won in the franchise's history, and this is an all-in year. And I'm happy they kept Bones Highwood and Terrence Mann. Those are two guys I didn't want to part ways with. And I'm honestly amazed that Norman Powell wasn't involved in this deal. But I wonder this. Would it have been possible to keep Robert Covington and move Norman Powell instead? And in that case, the Clippers would have had better depth right now at power forward. Obviously better defensively. Even though Norman Powell is a better scorer than Robert Covington, Robert Covington is better defensively. And they maybe could have even kept a draft pick if they decide to send Powell rather than Rocco. But that ends up not being the case. I wonder if that would have been possible, though. And if you look at the Sixers, they needed help with the wing position. And now they have a ton of depth there. And this is a lineup that they're probably going to run at some point. Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Robert Covington, Paul Reed, and Joel Embiid. That's going to be a fun and big lineup to watch. That's a big and strong, powerful lineup. And I don't know if it's going to be Paul Reed in there, or it could be even Marcus Morris, or Kelly Oubre, or even Nick Batum. But I think that Sixers team did well for themselves in this trade. Even though they waited so long, they still have some talent on that team and are definitely still contending in the East. Kelly Oubre, Marcus Morris, KJ Martin, Robin Covington, Paul Reed, Joel Embiid, Jaden Springer, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey. That team has a lot of depth right now. And as I said, they needed help with the wing position. And they went out and they found a way to add that in this deal. And if you look at the sixes now, the way I feel about it is this. They now have more assets, whether it's their expiring contracts, and the draft picks to go out and add another star at some point this season. And I think that's what they're going to do. This deal only went through because James Harden declined his $5 million trade bonus, and there was only a $40,000 gap between making this deal work or not making it work. So it barely worked, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to work off of both teams. So here are my grades for both teams. I would say it's an A- for the Clippers. If they win the NBA Finals, it's an A+. But I'd say it's an A-. minus. I do wish Robert Covington did stick around. But at the end of the day, the Clippers had to send over some expiring contracts to make the money work, and they ended up choosing Covington rather than Norman Powell. As of Philadelphia, I'd give them a B+. They have more draft picks and assets to go out and make a trade for a guy like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, or Pascal Siakam. And in that case, I'd give them an A+. for this deal. I'd give them the B+, to start, considering they waited a long time for this deal to work, and they were asking for a lot when things really first started out. And they maybe could have even gotten more a month or two ago if they didn't wait. But they waited out. They still got a decent return back. I think this could be a win-win for both teams. I think the Sixes are going to be better off. Now they have less stress and less of a distraction in the locker room. And they have more depth at the wing position. And now could go out and add another style like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, or Pascal Siakam. As for the Clippers, I think this is a win-win as well. If the Clippers stay healthy, they are the favorites to win the West in my opinion. I think they're better than Denver if they stay healthy. They have such a dynamic lineup that's going to be tough to stop, especially offensively. Then you look at the defense of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and even Russell Westbrook. They're all going to help out James Harden on defense. And James Harden on this team is now a third option. Russell Westbrook has so much less pressure on him as well to score, which can make him even better. Because the Clippers' top three options are going to be tough to stop in their own. So now Russell Westbrook could have an avenue to have an even easier way of scoring the ball in offense. And now Tyron Lue has the chance to coach the most dynamic lineup in the NBA. One thing I do think the Clippers need to do is that they need to go out and add somebody at the four. They need to go and add a power forward now, considering they just traded four away in this deal. Maybe they go and add a free agent like Jermichael Green, Nerwins Noel, Rudy Gobert, Blake Griffin, Wendell Gabriel. I know a lot of those guys have passed their prime, but they at least need to add somebody at the four. 
Maybe Kobe Brown's going to have a decent role now for the team. And I'd love to see that. Kobe Brown looked great in the Summer League. He really balled out and shot very well. I'm excited to see what he does for this team this year. The Clippers took him knowing that he would help them right now. They weren't going to take Kobe Brown or Jordan Miller if they didn't think they'd help them right now where they currently stand. The Clippers don't have any time to wait. They weren't going to take a freshman out of college. They need to go out and get a veteran that was going to contribute right away. And that's what I think they did with Kobe Brown. With that being said, though, I do think they should go out and add Derwin's Noel. I think he would help off the bench, and he's just another big man to help them at the four. He can even play the five as well. And I'm going to stand by this. Before the trade, I had the Clippers over the Celtics in the NBA Finals in seven games, and I'm going to stay with that. That would be the matchup of the decade in the NBA Finals if these two teams met. And it obviously would mean a lot to me. I grew up a Celtics fan, but now I'm a Clippers fan. All of my friends and family, everyone's Celtics fans. It would be a great series to watch, and there's four styles on each team that would be going at it. Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Chris Porzingis. And then you've got Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. That would be a great matchup. And I think the Clippers have better depth there. I do. I think the Clippers have better depth than the Celtics. As for the money and the luxury tax in this deal, the Clippers' luxury tax bill went up by $29 million. They went from $99 million to $128 million in luxury tax. And then Philly's luxury tax fell from $20 million to $6.5 million. About a $13.5 million difference. The Sixers are now just $5 million over the luxury tax. But I think at some point they're going to add this season, add another star, and they're probably going to go higher in the luxury tax using those assets and draft picks. And I think that would be the right move for them. Go out and get, let's say, Zach Levine. Or go out and get a guy like DeMar DeRozan or Pascal Siakam. I think Levine would make most sense, though. Or DeMar DeRozan. And the Clippers, they're going all in. Their luxury tax bill went up by $29 million, going from $99 million to $128 million. And they made it clear this is an all-in window for the Clippers. It's right now or never. And that's why they went out and made this trade. And I'm excited for this Clippers team. I really am. I understand from the perspective that the Clippers gave up a lot of draft picks over the last few years. And now their future's depleted. But I feel like this is the only window right now for the Clippers to win. After the season's over, who knows what this team's going to look like next year. They went into this window in this era with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with the idea that they were going to win. And that's what Steve Ballmer wants to clip his owner. He doesn't care about going over the luxury tax. He wants to win. The Clippers have been in the top of the luxury tax bill over the last couple seasons, and they've been fine doing so. But here's the difference. They want to win doing that. They don't want to be behind the luxury tax and lose every year. And that's why they're going even further in right now. They're going even further in and trying to win an NBA Finals right now. And that's what I think is the best part of sports. I know we talked about in football, I think the best part of the game of football is fourth and goal. At the end of the game, whether you're on offense or you're on defense, you have one play to either win the game or one play to lose the game. Go out there and make a play, and you can win your team the game. As for sports in general, I think the best part of sports is win-now mode. And then on the contrary, rebuilding as well. When the time's right and you can rebuild the right way, that can be very productive and very pleasing as well over time. But when you look at rebuilding versus win-now mode, win-now mode is so much more exciting. Because right now is your chance to go out and win. Rebuilding, you're still years away, and who knows when things are going to all come together. Who knows if you're going to hit on your draft picks. And that could be the case here with the Clippers. They're trading away draft picks. Who knows if they would hit on them? But I understand some people's frustration with it. But I think people are going to understand and become a little bit happier with this James Harden trade over time. I really do think things are going to work out here. And let's say things don't. The Clippers are only with this team for one year. This team could look completely different a year from now. If you can go out and add a talent like James Harden to your roster that already has three very talented players and two top 12 players in the NBA in my eyes, then you've got to go out and do that. Because this is the time for the Clippers to win and contend. The window's closing as we speak. 
And that's why the Clippers had to go out and try to add another piece. I do think the Clippers are capable of winning with their current team before this trade. But when you can add a guy like James Harden who's instant offense, whether it's playmaking, creating his own shot, shooting the ball, taking big shots, whatever it may be, looking out for his teammates down the court and finding them with his vision, you have to go out there and try to add that if it's possible. James Harden isn't the player he once was in the Houston Rockets when he was the MVP, but he's still a very good player and still a top 20 to 25 player in the NBA in my eyes. I still consider him a top 25 player. So if you can go out there and add a guy like that at the right price especially, then I think it's worth it. The Clippers didn't have to move Terrence Mitt or Bones Highland in this deal. It did come at the cost of probably trading more draft picks and obviously Robert Covington instead of Norman Powell. But I think over time, this trade, people will become more of a fan of it. James Harden is an instant contributor on offense for this Clippers team. A team that lacked a point guard before last season, before Russell Westbrook stepped in. And he right away thrived in this team. And I'm hoping the same goes to James Harden. I hope the same goes to him. And like Post Malone noted in White Iverson, he said, I'm Harden, I don't miss nothing. James Harden, when he's on, he's still a very good player and still a very good talent to have on your team. So I'm excited to see what he looks like in this Clippers team. I got my wish, and James Harden got his wish as well. This is what I wanted all summer. This is what James Harden has wanted as well. He wanted to be on the Clippers, and now the Clippers' big four are all united in L.A. playing for the Clippers. All four of them from Southern California, all with the goal in the dream of winning an NBA Finals, with three of those guys looking for their first in their career. Anyways, it will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one. I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.